More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the second hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show on this Tuesday all across America. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for joining. If you want to call in, weigh in, tell us what you think, 800-282-2882. Also, remember, if you miss a moment, a segment, an hour of the show, or you just happen to not be near... One of our wonderful affiliate stations uh, for the live airing. You can always listen to the podcast of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show wherever you get your podcast. The iHeart app is my personal favorite place. That is my favorite platform for the podcasts. Uh, iHeart Radio or iHeart app, rather. So we have a couple things to bring to your attention. First of all, we have the Texas banning of mandates for COVID vaccination. We'll get to that in a minute, but I first wanted to say uh, that Clay pointed out to me as we were getting revved up here. You'll notice, Clay and I, the show actually for us never stops because even when we have <laughs> even we right. have a, a few minutes of pause, we usually continue the discussion or think of it you know, or, or, or get into a really intense discussion about the next topic. So it never, you know, we try to just, you know, have sips of coffee in between uh, going on and on about this stuff. But Clay pointed out that Southwest CEO has said that he actually never wanted a COVID vaccine mandate. He's opposed to a COVID vaccine mandate. And the Biden administration has forced his hand. Now, this is what we've been saying was going to happen for months, that people who thought, because I, I would get the emails. I mean, Clay, I would have people who would write me, you know, stinks for you in as a New Yorker. Yeah. Or, you know, if I lived in California, you're in Clay's in Los Angeles right now for remember, there are millions of Republicans. <laughs> I think it's easy to forget this if, you know, you live in uh, North Dakota. But if you know, just because you're not around these folks, but there are millions of Republicans in California and New York who don't want to be dealing with this nonsense, don't want to be uh, put through the vaccine mandates. And, Clay, the the reality that we've seen is the federal government has stepped in. They've stepped in against private businesses. Now we have a couple things happening. One, the possibility here, and it does seem like a mixed picture. Some people staying home based on the calls we just got. You all heard them. We had Southwest Airlines pilots calling in saying that, yeah, some people are staying back. Some people don't want to go in. They oppose the mandates. But there's also some Southwest logistics stuff. 
But then, Clay, Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, this is what I want to get your take on. The governor of Texas, according to New York Times here, issued a broad executive order yesterday that bars virtually any vaccine mandate in the state. Abbott has been among the most vocal political leaders in the U.S. opposing vaccine mandates. No entity in Texas can compel receipt of a COVID-19 vaccine by any individual, including an employee or a consumer who objects to such vaccination for any reason of personal conscience based on a religious belief or for medical reasons, including prior recovery, a.k.a. natural immunity from COVID-19. Clay, this is what we were talking. This is what I was asking a different governor to do back in August, if we all recall, Texas stepping into the breach. Bravo, Greg Abbott. I'm proud of my fellow Vanderbilt Law School graduate. Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah, this is good advertisement for Vanderbilt Law School. Fantastic place, by the way. Uh, For using the power that he has under federalism to protect the people of Texas from what I believe, and I think you believe, are unconstitutional vaccine mandates. Another connection here, Buck. Do you know where Southwest Airlines is based? Texas. So the fact that Dallas, which I believe is where Southwest Airlines began, in fact, for a long time, and I still think their stock symbol is LUV because they started flying at Dallas Love Field. That's where Southwest Airlines was founded. I wonder on some level whether the CEO of Southwest Airlines felt emboldened to make, look, Buck, there haven't been that many CEOs who have come out and said, hey, I'm not in favor of the COVID vaccine mandate. And I think the reason why Southwest CEO came out and made these comments is because there are a multitude of factors that led to a Southwest uh, issue with their uh, with their flights. But I think there is a substantial portion of Southwest pilots in particular who are posing this. And I think this is the CEO trying to acknowledge their disapproval and shift the blame from the company to the Biden administration. But, Buck, the interplay here is fascinating to me legally because many Southwest employees are based in Texas. So what is going to govern here in a court of law, the governor's protection of your right not to be subject to a COVID vaccine mandate or the federal government's attempt to mandate a COVID vaccine mandate? And this is this is a part of it. And I think everyone needs to understand this, even if, let's say, because because there's arguments right now, for example, we could even play it. You know, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, uh, obviously a great guy, former SEAL, uh, Texas congressman. You know, he's he he takes that position that some on the right do of, oh, but this is the government doing more than the government should do. I actually I mean, it's a constitutional matter. I think that's actually not true. The states have very wide leeway and there are a ton of different ways that the state already regulates businesses for health and safety and other reasons all over every state all across the country. So it's just. Another regulation that you may you may not oppose, but that's not the same thing as acting like this is breaking new ground with government regulation by a state. That's one part. But the other part of it is the timeline here, Clay, matters. The Biden administration is gearing up to have the OSHA regulation come out. I think the Biden administration is also getting ready to have a inter you know, using the interstate commerce clause, but using uh, their powers to demand vaccine passports for all domestic flights this winter. I think I'd say it's 50 50 right now, but I think that could happen. States taking action today and forcing into the courts will at least prevent some level 
of mandate from going into effect because once you get the shot, you've had to get the shot and you've been somebody put through the mandate and your freedom, your individual choice has suffered. The conspiracy theorist in me, Buck, the OSHA regulations have not come out yet, right? Uh, the Biden has announced a COVID vaccine mandate, but he's requiring OSHA to draft those regulations, which will then be applied. But many companies already accepted the mandate, even in the absence of the OSHA requirements. This, to me, the conspiracy theorist in me, makes me think that the Biden administration is aware that what they're attempting to do is unconstitutional. And it ties in, Buck, with, you know how they're letting everybody in all over the border, and we talk about that on a regular basis? Sure. Many of those people have COVID. Do you know what they're not doing? Mandating COVID vaccines for illegals coming into our country. Why are they not doing that? Because I think they know that it would be struck down. And so what they're trying to do is the same thing they tried to do with the eviction moratorium. They are going to try to implement this policy and hope that so many people follow it that by the time it actually gets struck down, many people, even though it's unconstitutional, have already submitted to the authority that they have put in place. I think that's absolutely correct. And that that that's what I mean. I mean, that is a legal analysis of what I mean by timeline. Yes. I know you know that, but for everybody listening... The timing, that's why back in August, there was, you know, we had a little interview here. We had a discussion. Yeah, um, no, let's just with, let's just point this out because you were right. You had we had Christy Noam on and some people got upset. And your argument, which is a really strong one, is we need governors to do what Greg Abbott did in Texas, what Ron DeSantis has done in Florida, what many different Republican governors have done, which is prohibit the vaccine mandate from being law in their states. So companies are not able to force people and we can determine yes. the constitutionality of these de 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 demands because the, they're coming everywhere. The federal government was gearing up for overreach that was going to affect red states. I knew it. We saw it. We said it. And that was we were look. I mean, that was right. That position was correct. The federal government did do what we were worried yes. they were going to do. And then red states were affected. And now at least Texas is responding to this, in my view, wholly appropriately and and in a way that should set the stage for other. But I knew I was already in contact with people from Ron DeSantis's office who were saying they were trying to see if the legislative session, if they could bring it back, if it was exact. They knew it was coming and we're going yes. to take action. This whole let the free market decide, oh, we don't want to be big government here. Big government is when the federal government comes into your state and says, you have to get the shot because we say so. And a governor's role, unless that governor is a little too fond of corporate donors and donations is to step up and say we will protect the autonomy and the freedom of an individual using the plenary powers of the state this is not a federal role we will see you in court that's what should have happened and that's what i am fascinated this is sort of like a great law school hypothetical they come up with untested law and say, okay, like anybody out there who ever wonders, hey, what's it like in law school when you take an exam or even take the bar exam, they very often come up, Buck, with hypotheticals that don't have an easy answer. And you have to argue either side. So here we have a direct conflict between a state exercising its power under federalism to try and, and I think what you're saying, I, I want people to understand what you're saying because I think it's really important. 
There's a difference between saying, hey, we're not going to allow the federal government to come in and mandate something. And that's, that is the essence of big government. And there's a big difference between saying we're not going to allow that, right? Like you can still make your own decision about the vaccine, but you have to stand up for your individual state residents' rights and also your state corporations to make their own choices, right? And so this battle between who governs the state or the federal government as it pertains to COVID vaccine mandates is unsettled law. To be clear... The, the Texas order, the executive order in Texas, says, no, no, you can't do this. If you're doing business in the state of Texas right yes. now, you cannot mandate that your employees or customers get the vaccine. That's what I really want. That's a and big that's, deal. That's where the conflict, ultimately, the courts are going to decide how this interplay works. And for people out there who are fascinated by federalism, or who are intrigued about balancing power between the state and the federal government. This is why our framers created federalism to allow state laboratories to exist in issues such as these. And as this unfolds, though, there's also the reality of what does all this look like going into the winter? What do we really think of vaccine mandates if, in fact, we see not only is there a surge in the vaccinated getting COVID, but a surge in the vaccinated God forbid, getting hospitalized and even dying this winter. And the government's still going to be taking this tyrannical approach. So as we with more time, we also will have more information and data about how reasonable or unreasonable, in my perspective and your perspective, these kinds of mandates really are. So that's why action now matters to defend people. What do you think about the Texas decision some of you might disagree with it. that's fine we're open to hearing about it but i'm sure some of you who live in texas are like woo texas land of the free 800-282-2882 on those lines let's come back we'll talk about it plus we got the kamala video clay you haven't we're gonna we gotta I haven't even you watch heard it. it i haven't we, seen we, it yet i've been we, so busy traveling and running it's, around it's i haven't seen it yet i can't She's, wait she is uh i don't i don't think she i don't i don't know what the democrats are gonna do that's the discussion we gotta have because i don't think they can have her step in for biden but totally switching gears here for a second folks The Tunnels to Towers Foundation believes in doing good each and every day all across the country. The foundation has done incredible things this year, and there's even more to come. They're gifting 200 mortgage-free homes to America's heroes and their families. The foundation's chairman and CEO, Frank Siller, walked close to 600 miles in August and September, leading up the 20th anniversary of 9-11 to remind us by his action to never forget those that gave their lives on 9-11 in an effort to help save the lives of others. Tunnel to Towers Foundation created towers of light that lit the sky at the Pentagon and Shanksville Memorials, Clay, and they organized a memorial ceremony on September 12th to remember the people we lost to 9-11 related illness. No doubt. And they're also recognizing those we lost in the war on terror in a ceremony this Veterans Day. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's, they'll give away a home a day in their season of hope. You can help Tunnel to Towers do good. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's just $11 a month at T2T.org. 
Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a minute of the program. You can search out my name, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. You can go give us five stars. We appreciate all of you for helping us set an all-time record for the podcast in September. We hope to do the same again in October. We've been talking about the controversy state versus federal government COVID vaccine mandates and how exactly companies are going to respond, particularly through the prism of Southwest Airlines and the way that their pilots are responding to the COVID vaccine mandate. There have not been very many CEOs who come out publicly and said, I don't support this mandate. Southwest Airlines, which is based in the state of Texas, their CEO was on CNBC discussing some of the issues that they have had with canceled flights, and this is what he said uh, about the vaccine mandate put in place by the Biden administration. As I think you probably know, I've never been uh, in favor of corporations imposing that kind of a mandate. I'm not in favor of that, never have been, Uh, but the executive order from President Biden mandates that all federal employees and then all federal contractors, which covers uh, all the major airlines, uh, have to have a mandate, a vaccine in place by December the 8th. So we're working through that. Uh, We're urging all of our employees to get vaccinated. 
yes, we have some very strong uh, views on that topic, but uh, that that's not what uh, was at issue with Southwest uh, over the weekend. So we know that there's some multiple factors going on here, right? We've had yes. people coming in, people staying home, sure. People certainly oppose the mandate from within Southwest, Clay. But for a CEO of this stature and obviously with his company in the midst of the news cycle right now, really at the top of the news cycle, to come out and say he's opposed to mandates. I, I think people have have forgotten, a, a lot of folks have forgotten, that many of these things, whether it's OSHA or the federal airline mandate that's, you know, that's affected by, or federal airlines that are affected, I'm sorry, airlines affected by the federal mandate, that all of this is still on a timeline, is still being un, uh, is still unfolding before us, and it's not too late to push back. I think this is a part of it. We've just sort of had a lot of people go, oh, okay, the mandate's in place. In New York, it was very effective, right? They basically either fired you or you got the shot. That may not be how it plays out in places across the country. Yeah, and the other thing there, if you heard him, is I wonder how lenient for uh, religious exemptions or health exemptions a company like Southwest could be. And let me give you an example, Buck. In Williamson County, Tennessee, where I live, just south of Nashville, every single parent that opposes the mask mandate can fill out a one-page form either checking a religious exemption or a health exemption, and they're all granted without being examined at all. So my kids don't have to wear a mask because we got an exemption. There are lots of other school districts doing the same. Could Southwest Airlines also implement an incredibly lenient vaccine excuse form, basically, for pilots that are opposed to that mandate, citing religious or health reasons, if you don't require it to be an onerous process. And again, this is an idea for a lot of people out there listening who may be CEOs, who may be uh, HR executives that are opposed like you and I are, Buck, not to vaccines, but to the concept of mandating employees getting vaccines. Can you legally set your company up to give and grant very leniently religious and health right. exemptions without the government examining If those. you make it big enough, you essentially create a loophole in That's the right. mandate, and that would then at least relieve the pressure on a lot of people who feel very opposed to it. There is still the principle to fight out here of a mandate that should never have been yes. in the first place, but I agree with you in the short term, that's certainly a way to handle this. And I also think, you'll notice this, the same way they didn't want a control group for schools and mask mandates in Florida. They fought like mad against it. Yes. Right now, you have two things happening simultaneously. The rise in the ferocity of demands for vaccine mandates from the apparatus and the Democrats, with also the rise in information about how the vaccines don't last very long, folks. They go down, down and down over a period of six months or so. That's not going to look good this winter time. Yeah, and Buck, we still don't know the answer to this question, which is one we've been sharing with our audience for a long time. Right now, cases are coming down. How long is that going to continue, and what's that going to look like going forward? I think it is a massive question. Look, we've been trying to save you an absolute ton of money when it comes to your cell phone bill. I've got my son on Pure Talk, and he absolutely loves it. You can, too. My son is on a brand-new iPhone. You can use your existing Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile phones that you're on the exact same network, exact same 5G network. All you have to do to get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data 
is pay $30 a month for Pure Talk's 5G network. Switching is easy. You get to keep your same number and your phone. How can you save up to $800 a year? Here's what you do. 30-day risk-free guarantee. I want you to grab your cell phones right now. I want you to put dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk. You get 50% off your first month. Pound 250, say Pure Talk. Welcome back to the Clan Buck Show. This is Buck, and we got a big gubernatorial showdown that is just weeks away here in the state of Virginia, the state that after New York, D.C., and Massachusetts, actually after New York and D.C., I think I've spent the most time in. Virginia is a great state and deserves a great governor. We've got with us right now uh, governor, a uh, gubernatorial candidate, rather, Glenn Youngkin. He launched a Parents Matter initiative, which is a movement of families, parents, children, and neighbors that will stand up and reject Terry McAuliffe's attempts to silence parents, stand between them and their children's education. He is running for governor. Glenn Youngkin with us now. Sir, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back on your show. We've got a ton of momentum, and uh, we're going to go win this thing on November 2nd. To the point about momentum, just if anyone were out there doing a quick Google search like I did of the latest headlines, we got Politico, are we blowing this? McAuliffe and friends plead for online cash. The Washington Post, why Glenn Youngkin has the momentum in Virginia. CNN, I love this one, CNN sounds the alarm on Terry McAuliffe's campaign blunders. Gosh, what what have you been doing, Glenn? <laughs> well, well, we've just been we've been running a campaign focused on Virginia, and uh, I'm not a I'm not a politician. I've never run for office before, and I think the job of the governor is to go work for Virginians. And my opponent has been focused on all other aspects. I mean, he is trying to make this a national race. This is about Virginia, Virginia's future. And what Virginians absolutely need is a governor who will bring our cost of living down by cutting taxes, by making sure we have the best jobs, the best schools, and the safest communities. And it's that simple. And that's why Virginians are coming together like never before. It's no longer Republicans against Democrats. This is Republicans, independents, and a lot of Democrats standing up and saying no to this progressive left-wing agenda that's tried to move Virginia to California East. And, And Virginians are just saying no, not here. One of the uh, potential future Governor Youngkin, I appreciate you coming on with us. One of the, I would say, viral moments that has captured not only in Virginia, but much of the nation has been the debate over how involved parents should be in what their kids are taught in schools. Terry McAuliffe said that parents shouldn't be involved. Were you surprised that he said that? How wrong is he? How do you believe that parents should be involved in their kids' educations? Well, first, Terry McAuliffe showed everybody his heart, that he thinks government and politicians and bureaucrats should stand between children and their parents. And I just know so differently, but also Virginia does. I mean, we have a law in Virginia that gives parents a fundamental right to be involved in their kids' education. I mean, it is on the books. And here we have Terry McAuliffe saying, no, we don't want parents involved in our kids' education because he wants the, he wants the education unions to dominate everything. They've been funding his campaign. They tell him what to do. And what's worse is when he saw parents standing up for their kids' rights in school boards, he called his friend Joe Biden and had Joe Biden send the FBI in to try to silence parents and keep us from using our, our, our constitutional First Amendment right to say what we believe. 
I mean, this is what Terry McAuliffe is all about. Big government control, silencing parents, and worse, trying to separate the fundamental right that parents have to be involved in their kids' education and give it to government. We're speaking to candidate for governor in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin. Glenn, uh, you're in a you're in a tight race here, and Virginia is getting a lot of attention these days as we've been discussing over the notion of parents showing up at meetings, critical race theory instruction, and Loudoun County has been on the very forefront of this battle that really has become a national movement of parents becoming more involved in their teachers' education. How did this happen in Loudoun County, and and what would you want to see in Virginia and elsewhere across the country to address the concerns of parents out there when it comes to leftist indoctrination of their kids? Yeah, well, this started in Loudoun County because all of a sudden, for 20 months, parents got a chance to see what was happening in the classroom because... Virginia schools, and particularly northern Virginia schools in Fairfax County and Loudoun County, kept the schools closed for an, for an absolutely unnecessary period of time. And that's when it started, because parents got to see what was happening in their kids' education. And so the first step of this were parents standing up saying, open our schools, goodness gracious. And so, first of all, as governor, I'm going to make sure our schools are never closed again to five days a week in classroom, in-person education. But the second thing that, of course, happened was parents now saw what was going on and couldn't believe that our, that our children were being taught what to think as opposed to how to think. And critical race theory is, is one, a political agenda. That's what it is. It's not an academic curriculum. And it, it teaches our children to view everything through a lens of race, and then it divides them into buckets and then tells one group they're not going to achieve their dreams because they're privileged, and another group they're not going to achieve their dreams because they're victims, and it just steals dreams. And this We're talking to America. Virginia gubernatorial candidate Glenn Youngkin. I'm fascinated by this, uh, uh, Governor, potentially, Youngkin. I keep saying that because I'm rooting for you so significantly to win because I think it's an important message that you would send. But Joe Biden won the state of Virginia by 10 points. Your opponent, Terry McAuliffe, came out and said there's no doubt that Joe Biden is underwater in terms of popularity in the state of Virginia. I understand your point that this is a Virginia-based election, not a national referendum. But for all of our listeners nationwide, many of whom don't live in Virginia, what is the importance not only for Virginia, but in terms of the larger message that is being sent if you are elected the governor of Virginia in your mind? Well, two big messages. The one is parents around America are absolutely looking to parents into Virginia to stand up for them. And here we have a chance to come to the polls as parents, as aunts, as uncles, as grandparents, to stand up for our kids because parents all over America are seeing the exact same thing at their school board meetings in their schools, and they need someone to stand up and say, no, there is absolutely a better way. But the second thing that, of course, is happening is this is a moment for Virginians to show that a state that has been pretty darn blue for the last 10 years has come together around the most important, most important agenda, which is great jobs, great schools, low crime, and low taxes. And in fact, in face of what we're seeing out of Washington, which is just a failed presidency, and what we're seeing coming out of our capital, Richmond, which is single-party rule that has dragged Virginia to become California East, as I said earlier, Americans are watching us stand up as Virginians and chart a new path forward. And this is why this election is so important, because this is the first step first step of showing that there is such a better way 
and that Republicans can come together with independents and, yes, with a lot of Democrats and elect a new kind of candidate. A non, somebody's, I've never been in politi- politics before. My opponent's been doing it for 43 years. I've been doing it for 43 weeks. And we have a chance to make a huge statement across this entire country of a better way forward. Candidate for governor in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin. Glenn, Clay and I are rooting for you. It's fun because this is an opinion show. We get to just say that. Right? So, Glenn, we <laughs> are rooting right. for you, man. We appreciate you coming. And just before we let you go, anywhere that folks that want to get involved or help should should go? Yeah, I'd love I, this, this is this is no longer a, a campaign. This is a movement. And I'd enjoy uh, ask everybody to join us at YunkinForGovernor.com. Again, it's YunkinForGovernor.com or any one of the social media platforms at hashtag Glenn Yunkin. Please join us. We are going to beat Terry McAuliffe. We're going to make a statement that's heard around the country that, in fact, Republicans are going to take back Virginia. Thanks so much. Glenn Youngkin, everybody. Have him back on, hopefully, after he's the new governor of Virginia. So that dude would be massive if he could spin the state of Virginia back into the Republican Party's uh, good graces. Monstrous. This was one of those state level races where it will be considered a harbinger of what's to come in the midterms. It'll be considered the turning of the tide against the Biden administration, blue Democrat overreach and all the things that we've seen. And also just the fact that he's such a a close associate of the Clintons. I mean, this McAuliffe is a you know, DNC politico super insider type. As he said, he's been in politics over 40 years. Youngkin, as a political, uh, as, as a new guy to politics, comes out and take, takes him down. It would be fantastic. And Virginia is such a great state, man. I, I, they deserve better than what they, the Virginia state level leadership is just awful. I mean, we're not even, we haven't even talked about Governor Ralph Northam and all that stuff there. I mean, whew. It's a mess. And the lieutenant governor and the AG, all of whom are Democrats and all of whom had major scandals. And that's why they all got to stay in office. This would be a monumentally massive statement in uh, off year election as we got ready for 2022. Buck, I'm going to tell you, this guy, that guy, if he becomes governor, I don't want to get out of myself. He's got to win the governor's race first, Clay. And I I think he's got he's got a future. Let's just put it that way. The guy's got he was good with us. You're going to see. Our family's dog in the Sexton household is not young. She's spunky still, but Tallulah's a Frenchie. She's 12 years old, though. Until I was introduced to Rough Greens, the supplement that we now feed Tallulah, I didn't give that much thought to how important it is to a dog's health to get them the live nutrition that we as humans know that we need. But now with Rough Greens, and that's spelled just like it sounds, R-U-F-F, is perfect for dogs. Most dog food is dead food. There are no live nutrients in it, but that's not the case with Rough Greens. This is a healthy supplement that you put into your dog's food with all the live nutrients necessary for superior dog health. You've got vitamins, probiotics, enzymes, omega oils, and antioxidants. The stuff that you know you need, your dog needs it too. Rough Greens will make your dog's food better, and you just add it in. It's so easy. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal for dog lovers in this audience, which I think is about 99.9% of the audience. Go to roughgreens.com slash buck. That's R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash buck. They're going to give you the first bag free. That's right, free. All you pay is shipping. R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash buck. That's roughgreens.com slash buck. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are rolling through the Tuesday edition of the program. Just talked with Virginia gubernatorial candidate Glenn Youngkin and how significant that would be. Biden won Virginia by 10 points. If Youngkin could pull off what would be a monumental upset there, and he's close to doing it right now, it would send shockwaves through the Democratic establishment as we get ready for 2022 and be a very ominous sign as to what is coming in 2022, what I believe will be a red tidal wave all over this country, Buck. And that's why people are getting nervous, because if you can flip a state, that Biden won comfortably in 2020, like Virginia, how many other states would potentially be in play? That has got to have Democrats terrified. I am very encouraged and enthusiastic, but obviously very cautiously optimistic at the same time about what things start to look like politically in this country when you have two realities that we did not in the 2020 election underway. One, it is not the early stages of a pandemic that had completely freaked out most of the country. And two, 
when you are in a position where people have actually seen what it means for Democrats to be in charge for a while. It means things like seven-year high in gas prices, Clay, which just came out today as well. People tend to not like this stuff. They don't like ineptitude in governance. I just think it's a significant mile uh, post and marker because if Virginia flips to a Republican, one, CRT is going to be a massive story regardless in 2022. But there are a lot of states that were way closer than 10 points. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is where 38% approval ratings potentially go to die for the Democratic Party. For, I think for, we got some yeah, calls. Yeah, we got some we calls. Just to. to say, Clay, for, for many months now, stretching back to the beginning of this year, I've been saying, or the beginning of the CRT pushback, it's the, this is, it's the Tea Party, but over kids and schools and indoctrination instead of the debt. That's really what I see here. And they're not going to call it the Tea Party, but that's the grassroots conservative movement is awakening right now. That's what's happening. Uh, babes, I be- is that right? Babes, I hope I'm allowed Hi. to say it. Babes in Lubbock, Texas. Hello. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, thank you. Um, I just wanted to say, as a flight attendant for Southwest Airlines, that there are hundreds of other flight attendants and hundreds of other employees across the company that are standing behind our pilots, and we are standing up against getting the vaccination for all kinds of different reasons. And, you know, it's important if we don't push back right now that we may never be able to push back. Amen. I'm fine. Thank you for calling in. Why do you think Southwest among all of the airlines, what is it about the Southwest culture that is making the fight here more prevalent for Southwest than it might be for other airlines? Obviously we are a, domestic airline and we were started in texas and i think that we do have so many so many pilots that they are the voice for being able to stand up for this um that have started in dallas and so this is a texas freedom-based uh airline in many ways that may be different than other airlines i mean i'm just kind of fascinated by communist over at united Every company has a culture, Buck, and the Southwest Airlines culture, I think, serves red state America a lot more maybe than some other airlines. And I just I I support the pilots and I support the flight attendants and the CEO. I think we should mention again, Gary Kelly, one of the first CEOs, Buck, I can remember of a multi-billion dollar company to come out and say we're opposed to vaccine mandates. Babes, thank you so much for calling in and uh, sharing your perspective on this. We appreciate it. Dean in Orange County, Texas. What's up, Dean? Oh, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to pick your brain, your your legal mind, your intelligence guided by experience here, and ask you with the conflict that's coming between individual rights and, and these mandates, and in this case it'll play out with Governor Abbott's executive order and Biden using OSHA, uh, we have companies like you just heard from Southwest Airlines, which I think the federal government's going to try to trump that with the uh, interstate commerce uh, laws to try to get around the governor's executive order. Companies like AT&T, which are Texas-based, but they're going to use OSHA, uh, or they're already trying to use OSHA to mandate these vaccines. 
And uh, even the idea of federal government employees, for instance, uh, border agents or somebody working at a federal prison, a Texas resident working in a Texas facility, but a federal uh, prison uh, or any federal employee, that's just an example, uh, how this is going, how do you guys see this playing out? And is there any difference between how it will play out legally here versus, say, Montana. Gene, I'm going to jump in here and say a great question. A great, yeah, absolutely fantastic questions. You might be able to hear it, too. The music in the background means that as much as I have tremendous faith in Clay's abilities, I don't think he could explain all of it in 20 (laughs) seconds. So we're going to take this at the top of the next hour. We're going to extend it into the discussion about Texas vaccine mandates. And, well, like, like what I did there, as Nancy Pelosi telling everybody... They're going to try to track $600 plus transactions of any financial interaction whatsoever as part of the uh, big bill that's coming through. Sounds like tyranny to me, folks. We'll get into it next hour. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 